Well, fans, we came out on the other side of the tunnel. It is Tuesday. We just watched the Tough Enough finale after what felt like 15 to 35 hours of wrestling this weekend. I'm not sure. What up, um, but yeah, this is the Big Gold Belt Podcast. We got everybody except D Wayne in the house tonight. Uh, Dr. M, how you doing? I'm okay. How you doing? Uh, fighting the allergies. My brother in allergies. Two chains. How are you? Uh, a warrior would never win. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Mr. Silly Sellis, what's up, man? Man, feeling good after even addition of uh, all that wrestling this weekend. Got to celebrate the 10 year high school anniversary with. Me, Dr. M, and D. Wayne, and boy, did we have a good time. That's awesome. Two chains you missed out. It's you okay. kind of did, two chains. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Y'all see y'all at 25 years. <laughs> 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 no, we'll, we'll see you guys down in Dallas. That's where we'll be seeing each other. Absolutely. Man, two chains. I might be able to see two chains here in about, about a month and a half, two months. He's going to be coming up to Chicago, so might have to pop over there and check out him, see what he's up yes. to. Yes, sir. Um, so what we're going to do is just kind of break it down day by day, give some quick, uh, plus minus on the weekend and wrestling. We'll start with Saturday, uh, take over Brooklyn. Um, I'll go first. I, I'm going to just say it right now, as far as emotion, as far as technicality, as far as a match that I'll remember and a match that was historically important. I think, uh, Sasha Banks versus Bailey NXT women's championship is my match of the year so far. I'm throwing it out there. Wow. wow. Okay. I, agree. I completely agree. Thank you. Yeah. I knew you'd be with me there, Dr. M. That, it was a fantastic match from start to finish. I mean, and something that Sasha and a lot of those NXT was do so well is they pick a freaking body part and work on it. Like, so many people don't do that anymore. Um, and Sasha did that so well in that match. The whole match was great. The part that scared the daylights out of me was the spot um, they did in the, I guess it would have been the northeast turnbuckle if you're looking at it from the camera side, where Bailey pretty much laying on her shoulder and her neck and head, and I was so worried the match was going to have to get stopped there because it would just look brutal, but they continued, and then they did that uh, reverse Hurricane Rana finish into the the Bailey-to-Belly suplex. Oh, my God. And the crowd was the crowd was into it. It was they gave them time, and then you had the uh, the female version of the curtain call. Granted, it was in a different building in New York City, but just wow, dude! I I thought it was all sorts of great. It's a match that I was the most excited about afterwards, and I definitely plan on rewatching it very soon. I, as much as I like the match, I wouldn't say match of the year because uh, I don't think the story for it suffices for as good as the match no matter how you want to take it or not but i feel like the story and the promo before the matches is considered part of the match and this match to be so you know everybody knew the outcome of this match that it lasts it made sense i mean they built it to be they they used the word fairy fairy tale ending at least a zillion times which means it was going to be a fairy tale ending and you kind of look at it, you're like, you're like, oh, well, we all were supposed to go up to the main roster, but I didn't. I got hurt, so I have to win this belt to prove that I'm, you know, basically a, a big-time player. It's just like Sasha is already becoming the best diva on the main roster. She has no, she has no need for the belt now. 
So she's obviously at some point going to have to drop it. And it just was just like, all right, under those circumstances that everything Sasha was going to win the match. That's that's the only takeaway from it that really bothered me. But still, my match of the year is definitely John Cena, Kevin Owens, number one. Because nobody seen Kevin Owens winning that. (laughs) The match was phenomenal. Cena... Cena executed more than five moves. The promo work was good. <laughs> we uh, this is going to be a very interesting debate in December when we do our kind of year end review and like awards and stuff. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. up there, no question about it. Um, did anybody else have any big takeaways from Takeover? No pun intended. There. <laughs> um, I mean that I, that match was my highlight of the night. As good as that ladder match was, I'm just saying. I do. Um, one of the biggest epics for me of, of TakeOver was actually the opening Triple H did. Yeah. I thought that was just like, literally, when I saw it, I couldn't see it live, but when I saw it, like, literally, I had chill bumps of how he opened that show. And I was like, wow. For sure. Look at all those people that are like 60,000 deep up in Brooklyn Arena, and, and they are going fanatic up there. And it just proved that maybe NXT, we've been talking about it on the show for like time in and time out that maybe NXT can really hold their own as an individual brand. Like, we, we've talked about how Finn Balor saying, man, I just want to stay in NXT so I can build that up. And, like, literally, I felt like it's, it's seriously a brand that can stay on its own. And then with the announcement that Regal took about the, uh, I guess, the tag team tournament. Or, mm-hmm. It's I like it's in memorial of Dusty Rhodes, great. yeah. I, uh, I think my biggest takeaway was uh, every – Single week I watch NXT, I more and more become fans of the Vaude Villains. Yeah. However, I was pretty, I'm pretty scared to see them come up to the main roster because I didn't think that their gimmick could control a big crowd. But they proved me absolutely wrong with the numbers that attended this show mm-hmm. and how they was all completely into it and everything. So absolutely. as much as I love the Sasha Banks Bailey match, to see the Vaude Villains uh, where they control the crowd and just pretty much a flawless match don't really it wasn't too spotty it was a lot it was some technical wrestling uh that was really my biggest plus for real because i don't i think it was kind of underrated too as well so for sure uh dr m anything to add on takeover um you know i will just reiterate that my biggest plus was uh sasha bailey and not only the match but i mean <laughs> sasha's entrance that was that was great that escalate um, was tight right i mean she is a star I can't wait to see what WWE does with her in the future. Um, and I guess my other takeaway is Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, a, I'm not entirely sold on him just from that one match. Um, Twitter had a largely positive reaction to him. And, I mean, it was a decent match, but I've seen some of his work on the indie scene. And, you know, what he did at TakeOver was okay, but... Yeah, I, honestly, it wasn't really all that impressive to me. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, in the coming weeks when he gets on more NXT TV episodes, he gets to do a little more in the ring. And um, just to kind of wrap up TakeOver, it's very interesting. You know, we didn't really talk about that ladder match as good as it was technically. Um, some great spots. Uh, I thought both guys ended up coming out looking real good, but it didn't really i mean it ended the kevin owens finn balor feud whatever it was it didn't really lead to anything that's next like maybe hideo Itami's coming back to work against balor for the title we'll kind of have to see moving forward but i just feel like his title reign thus far has been kind of um underwhelming but there's still time i guess i'm 
I don't want to evaluate it before it's ended, but that's just where I'm at with Finn Balor right now. Totally I, I, I totally agree. I think they're using this, his title reign as promotions for the NXT brand alone, for, for the selling aspect. Not so much the storyline, but, but who he is, his character, and uh, his heritage and his background is all being used. Give him the belt and make him shine with it. In other words, yeah. it's almost like a baby John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I think that that's a, a really interesting comparison, one that I want to revisit when we kind of get to the end of whatever his title reign is, because I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, SummerSlam, my, my big takeaway on the negative front was that it was too long. Four hours was... I think that they could have cut a few matches and made this a really, really good three-hour show, but at four hours... Um, I was very distracted hour three. I was really losing steam that uh, that Divas 9 Diva tag didn't do anything for me. And as good as Kevin Owens Cesaro was, I knew I had to save my energy for the main event. I just lost steam. Did you guys feel that way too or was it just me? I thought it was too long as well. <laughs> what do you my, my biggest thing is now, and, and this is connecting, I guess, you know, SummerSlam and Raw, it seemed like more and more WWE is trying to push SummerSlam as mania light. And I felt like, I guess like you guys, it, it drug on for me. Like, I felt like, man, we went through, and I like three or four matches, I saw it was like 8.30. I was like, man, I still got another two and a half hours to go. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it really did drug out for me, though. Yeah, a lot of the matches just seemed flat to me. Um, they did. Like, let let me ask you this, Doctor. I'm kind of bouncing off of that. If you, it, we kind of call it Mania Light. They talked about how the match was too big for WrestleMania, the main event. How many of those matches do you think could have been on a WrestleMania card and worked? It's a great question. In my um, opinion, three of them. I was going to say it would have been less than half of the matches we we saw. I think Taker uh, Taker Lesnar. I mean, at this point, it looks like we're going to get it at Mania, whether we want it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cena Rollins was Mania quality, you know, regardless of the finish. We could talk about that in a second. I think the Stephen Amell match was very, very good. That very was my highlight of the whole first half of the show. He bumped more, maybe with the exception of Mr. T, and I have so much respect for what he did for wrestling with the first two WrestleManias. He bumped like crazy more than any celebrity I've seen in forever. Yeah, he did. It was great. Yeah. I as but as good as his work was, uh, like I told you, you guys before, the CW definitely had their hands on his character because I guess they could refer to him as the char- uh, as the arrow. Mm-hmm. But there was no resemblance of him being the arrow at all. I no. was waiting to see him with his his mask, uh I forget what you call it, but you know the little carrier where the arrows are being held. The quiver, total, yeah. In total green, like and they were not having that. And at mm-hmm. that moment, I was a little worried because I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, he's not going to, he's not going to get the crowd pop." Because you know the fans are looking for that. They're building him as a superhero, which he is obviously. And you come out looking like, uh, uh, "What's his name from the Ninja Turtles?" By his minus his mask, I was like, Casey I don't, Jones. "Yeah, Casey Jones." I was like. I don't know how the fans would react to that, but absolutely for a celebrity and an actor, he did a phenomenal job. He 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 took the necess- the unnecessary risks that I'm pretty sure he didn't have to do or was worked, but he he it didn't even he looked better than the tough enough people today. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He that crossbody from the turnbuckle yes. to the outside of the ring, like dude, that's 
mad respect to him because there's I wouldn't be able to do something like that. And yeah. furthermore, uh, Wade uh, Barrett ate the pin. Oh, and, I was just about to say. And Stardust yeah. is kind of on a kick where he kind of wants you know the rematch because he didn't get beat and he beat down Barrett on Raw. Like maybe we'll see that at Mania. And to be honest, I would be okay with that. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, Wade Barrett did a good job working that match. He did. Like I wasn't overly hating of him, and I like how they finally booked him as a super villain <laughs> like towards the last promo because at first I was just like. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your king of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask uh, this sorry. question, though. Let me ask this question. Now, did Stephen Amell, did he mess up with the future celebrities are when they have to come into WWE? Let's say a Ronda Rousey, that we're expecting a lot more from our celebrity, celebrity wrestlers now, that they must do more in order to be successful. That's a really, really interesting point. I think Ronda could still hang just because of the MMA background and how... We've seen Brock Lesnar and Taker mesh that into pro wrestling, but I completely agree. He raised the bar. Um, I don't know if he ruined celebrity involvement, but it. I mean, you saw how good of a reaction it got when he got physical and he respected what was going on and wanted to like do a good job. Yes. Um, I don't know. Like we could talk about tough enough at the end of the podcast here, but we just watched four really subpar matches and granted Stephen Amell only had to take a beating for a while and do a couple spots, but it was amazing. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, and um, obviously I think Ronda Rousey could do well, um, especially because we've had people like Maria Menounos in the past. Who, she's, she's done like a number of matches and mm-hmm. yeah. has gotten fairly physically involved in them. And I mean, if she can do it, like, I would imagine that um, there's a lot of celebrities out there who could do it. So I think this this is setting a good precedent. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, we lost two chains here on the feed. I'm sure he'll be back on in a sec. But um, in his absence, I mean, we got to talk about the finish of the main event. It's been picked apart to death on social media. We saw Paul Heyman's reaction with Brock on Raw. Um before you do that, uh, hey, Ron, let me, let me just say this because I know we're going to talk about extensive on that. Can we just get a, a shout-out to New Day? Oh, absolutely. Are, oh, my. Ultimately, they have performed their gimmick to the ultimate stick. They are the of best. what you do. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're just awesome. I they, There's so many good GIF videos on Twitter of the celebration after they got that pinfall. Yes. Like Kofi bouncing around on his butt like a baby. Oh and my god. Big E doing his whole twerk thing. Like it's just and then they the thing on Raw where they come out with the trombone and singing. Oh, they sang at SummerSlam too. Like Yes, they did. It's so good. They're gonna turn babyface again because it's so funny. Oh my gosh, it's entertaining. Entertaining. Like you said, even with like the shout out of, of how poor Brooklyn is as a city and they got the quick booze, it got right back to cheers again. And yeah. then also they're using that gimmick of you know, New Day rocks when they're talking about Cena. You know, Cena, no such. You know, it's their gimmick is just so over right now. And I would just remember when they first came out, people almost pushed them off to the side because they didn't want to see it. And they're just so entertaining. And I think that's really how they are in real life. And that's they're just bringing their own characters out to the event. And it's just entertaining all WWE fans. And, and I love it. And you know what? Um, what's super interesting about it is like you talked about how like they just weren't working when they first started New Day, you remember that they were a part of that pre-show Fatal 4-Way tag at yes. Mania this year, and they were still on their downgrade. Like, to think of how far they've come from Mania 
to SummerSlam, yep. it's truly incredible. And it's, like you said, it's a testament to those three guys. Yeah. Um, oh, awesome. Can we talk about Taker and Brock now? I have a lot of yeah, thoughts. Okay, so just to recap, uh, I thought the match itself was really good, especially comparing to what we had to sit through in New Orleans. Granted, there was, you know, Taker with the concussion involved very early in the match. And then, of course, the streak ending, which none of us were happy with. But I thought the match was good. I liked Taker's personality in the match. But the finish saw uh, Brock Lesnar hooked in the Kamur lock. Taker taps on the down low, which that was weird because to my knowledge and what they're saying on TV is he's never tapped ever. And then the timekeeper rings the bell. The ref freaks out, restarts the match. Taker puts in the, uh, the Hell's Gate. Brock flips him off and passes out, and Taker gets the the revenge win. <sighs> me, me first. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Go ahead. What? Like, am I being too anal because of the fact I just want rest to be consistent or how they go about their matches? Like, the, the, when Undertaker showed up against the Brock and Seth Rollins, I say, even though the lights went out, one, two, three should still be one, two, three. You know, lights on, <laughs> yes. lights on. But oh, I'm like, okay, fine. It is, it is what it is. Second day, doing this match is just like, what happened to the three count when somebody gets put in sort of say submission yes. sleeper hole? Yes. Like, where's this? St- like, nothing is consistent about anything. It's like the rest don't pay attention when they when they're not supposed to. I get that. That's supposed to happen. And it's just like some some do, some don't. It's just like why why can't storylines be based around rest being consistent straight down the line? Like yeah. I literally wish I could start picking out who are who's considered a replacement ref and who's considered a top. <laughs> <team>. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing was that this was Charles Robinson, who's yeah, like say, yep. very much senior official. There was another spot in the Cena match. Rollins did that thing where he it's like a double suplex, and it ends with. The guy going flat on his back, kind of between his legs, um, yeah. perpendicular, and he had Cena's shoulders in his lap, and the ref counted. You know, it was a two count, but it's like his shoulders aren't even on the mat. Why are you? <laughs> why are you counting? I'm. I completely agree. The refereeing was um, was ridiculous, and I guess maybe that was you know a planned part of the finish there. But I guess really what this breaks down to is a. The consistent message I saw on social media was that people were not satisfied with this. And maybe that's part of the point is that they're trying to get to Taker Brock 3 at Mania in Dallas. The main question I have is, do you want to see the rematch, the rubber match? I don't. I really don't. I don't either. I don't either. And it's like, it's what else can you do with these two? It's, it's like whatever happens, neither person wins. And, and, and this season even leads to my point. The way it's finished with the little quote-unquote F you to the Undertaker and then pass out, which I don't get. You have enough strength to say F you and then, oh, I'm dying. Like, right? Even tweeted yeah. This. I, yeah. This, this made me think about, if you guys see Adam Sandler movies, it made me think about Click, when Adam Sandler was giving up his middle finger to, I guess, his wife, his ex-wife's new husband and then just fainted out like he was going to die. I mean, that's, that's the kind of, you know scene it was and i'm thinking is this a fu to the wwe fans or is this a broad lesson a personal fu to the undertaker i didn't know which way to take it 
I mean, it, it worked in the story of the match because it was just like the point was that they just are to the point where they hate each other. So like, I get why he went there because like you don't see that a lot anymore now that yep. it's not the Attitude Era and it's not Austin. But I don't know, man. I really, I really don't want to see it, and I'm sure that they can sell me on it. And maybe, maybe the way they do it, especially if it's going to be Taker's retirement, what better way to go out than in the match he made famous? Have it be in a cell. At yeah. Mania. Maybe that's how you do it. Maybe that's how you sell people on it. I, I do think that that's going to be his retirement match. And I think that Brock Lesnar will win. But does that... All right, let me ask you this. Okay, this is going to be hard to ask, but can we say that this retirement, quote-unquote, if we're future-booking it, match is going to be better than the one he had with Shawn Michaels and Triple H Absolutely on, not. a couple of years ago. Absolutely I mean, I mean not. what's the point of doing it if it's not going to be better than that? There's there's, there's two matches they could do that would be very fitting, maybe not technically better than that, because WrestleMania 25, that's like a top five all-time match for me. It really yeah. is. Um, I think if you put Taker against Cena, that would be mega huge, and against Sting, just because... Gosh darn it, we all want to see it. <laughs> um, I, you know, people act like, oh, this is the third in a trilogy. Not really. If you go back to 2002, after Brock won the title, him and Taker feuded over it all fall, and they had the cell match, and it was awesome, and Taker lost all those matches too. He's never beat Brock clean. What's the point now? Uh, two chains, go ahead and say your famous line. Uh, when has the ever trilogy been good, or the third one of the trilogy? When has it ever been good? Ain't that your famous line, two chains? <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. There's never been one trilogy that's ever been worth it. Like, no, like, uh, uh-uh. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not signing up for that. I like this match. This that whole finish just got under my skin so bad. It's hard to even be funny right now. Yeah, it's just like. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, for real. Me and Two James was up all night, like an hour post, just keep tweeting away, just <laughs> random stuff. And it was hilarious. The crazy, crazy thing is the Cesaro uh, uh, Kevin Owens match. I kind of was getting dozed at all. So I watched, you know, the main event come out, watching. I'm still kind of a little tired. And after the finish, I jumped up. I was just like, oh, no. I'm not, I'm not letting this go down on my watch. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck to the end of the night. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dr. M, did you have anything you wanted to add on on this finish before we move on? Uh, I mean, I was initially disappointed in the in the finish, but the more I thought about it, the more the less I was, you know, that upset about it because, um, well, for many reasons. One, you know, Brock never tapped out, and so I don't think he lost any lost anything in that match. Um, two, the fact that Undertaker tapped out, and then the whole uh, match continued. I mean, that sort of plants some questions, I think, in some people's mind, like, wouldn't the, you know, honorable thing to do be to, you know, and so forth. But anyway, um, also, the ending of the match got us to hear Paul Heyman again, and that's never a bad thing. So, um, I don't know, I wasn't, I mean, yeah, it was not a great finish at all, but I I wasn't, you know, too upset about it after a while. I do think there is going to be, I guess, a pseudo third match. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I would be shocked if it was at WrestleMania, though, in part because if Undertaker's going to retire, it would make little sense to me for, to have him retire without him having some sort of major match with Cena. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I think if 
Brock and Taker do fight again. Um, no, I don't want to see them fight again, but I also didn't want to see them fight again recently until they did that brawl on Raw. And so I think it'll all depend on the buildup. Um, it will. Just just to kind of... Uh, I would love if they did it sooner, maybe at the sell pay-per-view in October, yeah, but yeah. everything I've read online so far, and granted, it's just what I read online, but Taker's not coming back until the Mania build at this point. That's no, what, going to Mexico, right? I mean, he'll be on that, but as far as TV goes, you know, and he gotcha. might be on that Madison Square Garden special they're doing in October, but besides that, every, what I read is that his next proper build on regular TV is going to be Mania. Okay. So, I agree, though. I think they're missing out if they don't do the Cena thing, but maybe they have other plans for Cena that are going to be better than that. I can't imagine what that would be, but... uh speaking some sort of multi-man match. Maybe. Speaking of John Cena and uh, John Stewart, got all praise be to John Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird finish too, but you know I didn't hate it. And John Stewart at least had a re- you know a reason to explain his actions on Raw. I guess he's a big Ric Flair mark. Um, what a great match, though. Mm-hmm. I I I don't have much to say about it. Do you guys? No, I mean I, I I was not upset with the John Stewart heel turn either because the last thing I wanted to see was Cena walk away with two belts. Yep. So uh, I was perfectly fine with what John Stewart did, and I thought his explanation on Raw was very convincing. <laughs> um, like it made sense, it had logic behind it. So I mean I don't see any reason why I would be upset. Yeah. Why I got two happen? things to turn away from that. One one thing is uh, I guess we can officially say that. WWE is going to keep that that 16th title reign away from Cena for a while since now they put that into the fans' spotlight that the next time Cena wins a title, that's what's going to happen. And two, can we compare Seth Rollins to Jay Lethal as their impact on their own companies? Because both of them have their both top title and secondary title. Can we say they're comparable now? And, and WWE's trying to like have that ROH feel in a type of way, or is that too far to say the reach? I think they're totally trolling ROH between what they're doing with Rollins in terms of, you know, mirroring Jay Lethal, as well as all the, all the spots they're doing on the ring apron, which is so ROH. Mm-hmm. I think they're trolling them a little bit, and I, I think it's amusing. But um, uh, I loved it. That is, Seth Rollins is a Quad Cities boy. I rep Quad <laughs> Cities very loosely. Davenport, Iowa, what up? Uh, I think it's great. I love it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Two chains. we just got you back again. Did you have anything you wanted to say about that Cena-Rollins match? Uh, uh, I, I, I do like Jon Stewart's explanation in regard to uh, Raw. But as far as the match, uh, <coughs> I, I think the only sub slightly issue I had with it is Jon Cena face didn't really sell it. I feel like he, I don't know what he was looking at half the match, but it just seems like he was just focused on other stuff. So, mm. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. We can definitely talk more about it in Raw, but I think we see the rematch for the U.S. title at the Night of Champions, and then maybe we get these guys for the world title in the cell in October, and I'd be okay with that. I think that would be a good match. Um, anything else big from SummerSlam? I, I have more to say about the Divas, but I want to wait till we get to the Raw part. Not for me on SummerSlam. I'm good. You guys good? Yeah, TakeOver was clearly better. Yep. Agreed. I agree. I will, 
I'm going to modify that statement. I'll say that TakeOver was different. Like, there was a lot of good takeaways from SummerSlam, but it was in a much larger package. And I think that maybe distorts our appreciation of it a little bit. And I hope that they don't make a four-hour SummerSlam a annual tradition because I didn't think it worked overall very well. Um, I think about our Twitter responded to that. It made sense. And I forget what their explanation was, but whatever their explanation was, I totally agreed that. I don't think we'll be seeing that anytime soon again. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him. I forgot who was he. And I actually asked that question. And he said, when you have, I guess, four matches go quickly and your five best matches are in the night will have equal pacing, it worked. And I can understand that what he said because um, it kind of did work that way. But once again, just those four quick matches in the beginning did drain me at the end, yeah. as we mentioned before. For sure. Um, Monday Night Raw, big takeaways. I... We can get to this thing thing in a sec, but I I want to get your take, Doctor M. This whole Divas Revolution thing took a weird turn for me this weekend because you had such a such a high on Takeover with the match that we talked so glowingly about, and then you had a very rough, very weird nine Diva tag at SummerSlam, and then the crowd completely destroyed the uh, six Diva tag between the Bella Team Bella and uh, PCB on Raw to the point where WWE. Had to put an unplanned commercial break to try and get some of those chants off TV. What did what did you make of that? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I think I think the Divas Revolution has stalled, taken a step back, whatever terminology you want to use there. And I mean, I think the only thing I'll, I'll say to it is <coughs> echoing what Mick Foley said. I don't know if you all got a chance to read Mick Foley's Facebook post from last week. Um, but I completely agree with him in that, yeah, we have all these talented women with the exception of the Bellas and, um, you know, while, yeah, they can put on good matches, but there, there needs to be a pipe bomb or something. There needs to be some, some sort of emotional story to go with this diva's revolution. It's, it's not there right now. Um, and we're constantly getting, you know, these three on three matches or some, some iteration of these nine women fighting each other in the ring. Um, and yeah, they, they can, you know, do good work, but there needs to be something more to it. That's just not there. Somebody needs to get on the mic and really own the divas revolution. Sasha. Uh, that somebody is Sasha Banks. Sasha. <laughs> Clearly the crowd wanted Sasha Banks last night and with good reason. And the fact that she wasn't even on raw, I think was a mistake yes. on WWE's part. Um, so yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't think the Divas Revolution is dead, as some people were saying on Twitter. That seems a little premature. But um, it definitely needs a, a quick spark very soon. Title I change. I got the solution for it. Title change. Let's, yes, let's stop protecting Nikki Bella. When is the last time Nikki Bella had a legit title match where you thought, okay, she might lose the title? I mean, she fought Tamina in Japan. But other than that, when was it a time where in the last three months, per se, that she's had a legit title match where you thought she was going to win. And even when she won it against AJ, that was so bad. Um, you know, I just don't like the way how they're trying to, you know, hide Nikki so she could be the longest Divas champion of, of all time. I, I just don't like that. And that's, that's the problem. You keep you keep saying they. It ain't no they that's protecting them. It's John uh, Cena. Well, that's the rumor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, it pays when you got a powerful boyfriend in the company, huh? Mm. Yeah, it does. It certainly doesn't hurt things. Maybe, uh, 
Maybe Becky Lynch will uh, start dating Shane McMahon or something weird like that. Um, oh, oh, Lord. Um, not not I, happening. Can, can I just I, – I know I've thrown this out there, and I know some of you guys didn't like it, but the matches need to start meaning something because these three teams, the feud, whatever, like I'm not really into it anymore. It would be interesting, Diva Tag Team Champions, and then you'd have a reason for these people to be fighting outside of, you know, who's with whose boyfriend – um, I'm just saying, I think that they could be doing more with it. You guys agree with that at all anymore, or are you still against it? I'm still against it. I think they need more divas for yeah, uh, a legitimate tag team championship thing to work. Well, they brought um, the Dudleys back. Let's bring back some veterans. We just need people with more personality. That's all that is. Yes. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you on that one for sure. Every every all nine of them are just. Divas, <laughs> and it's not even just the word that they use instead of women's wrestlers. It's literally like the word divas, like, li- like literally all of them at the like, I'm better than you, and I'm better than the next woman. And it's just like all oh, y'all can't be the same character. Yeah, no matter, well, no matter what you're building yourself to be, like everybody's just like I'm better than you. To that I'm point, well, Sasha is. She is. <laughs> to that point, though, what did you guys think about? Becky kind of being like the crazy one all of a sudden. That kind of came out of nowhere. Um, like she was all ranty and saying crazy stuff on the mic. I I texted her and I told her that's the that's what you need to do. <laughs> Stick my advice, you know. Well, good good looking out, man. I I'm sure she appreciates that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Braun Stowman. Mm. He he's a large man, isn't he? Um, I thought he looked great. Um, my question is, did you guys want to see more of the uh, Shield Two Point Blah versus the Wyatt family? I thought I kind of thought we were done with that at SummerSlam. As good of them, as good of a match as they had. Here's my thing: Is this guy going to be like the next Luke Gallows? Because I mean, if he's going to be a important person, I just don't want him to see him just to be oh somebody that's on the side, somebody that helps Bray a little bit. I want him to be a legitimate force. I mean, I, I, I just, I mean, he has the look, but you got to build on it. And literally, like, when he had his opening, I mean, he was in there for a good 10 minutes before anybody did anything, you know, to him or the, the scene ended. So, I mean, he really worked. So are we going to push him or are we just going to say, oh, this is just another person of the Wyatt family? Uh, if, I, if, I want to see it. If he works out like Gallows and washes out and joins the Bullet Club, I would say he'd be doing all right because the Bullet Club make money. Honestly, my first thought when I when I saw him, and I mean, I, I was kind of familiar with him from NXT, but when I saw him on Raw, my first thought was the great Kali. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, yeah, when he got in the ring and started beating up Roman, I mean, he didn't really do anything all that spectacular except, you know, hit him and throw him around the ring one time. And I was like, I really hope there's more to this guy than that. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I think we just need to see more from him. Obviously, he has the look, fits perfectly with the Wyatts. People can finally leave Adam Rose alone. Like, so uh, I'll be curious to see um, how it goes. I mean, I think Shield Wyatt matches are always good. So, I mean, I'll never complain about seeing more of those matches. But it it did seem, I agree, Aaron, that at SummerSlam it did seem like it was over. Yeah. I thought I thought feuds tended to end there because it's such a big WrestleMania caliber show, but serves me right for thinking about things, huh? <laughs> um, Sting. Don't like it. 
Tell me why. Don't like it all. Um, one thing is this. In my opinion, even though it is Night of Champions, and even though it is, uh, I guess, the show where every single title is getting defended, I just don't see a way how Sting could win the title and hold it for some point while being off TV. Uh, we already went through that, and I don't want to see that again. And literally, Seth Rollins has you know, brought this whole year back uh, by me appreciating the title being on the show on a weekly basis. And I, I, I think, once again, if, if Seth Rollins does win in some type of fashion, whether it's clean or dirty, Sting is now 0-2 on pay-per-view since he's been back. I just don't think it's a win-win situation. Now, granted, yeah, we'll pop because we get to see Sting in a match. But what's what's the point of it? I, if Sting doesn't win, he's not champion, and it hurts him if he loses. So I, I just don't see a win at all for Sting in this. That's I feel like, well I feel put. Like I'm the resident Sting expert here. Okay. That's, what I, that's how I feel. Okay. No, I, I agree. He, uh, I don't think he comes back to go 0-2. So there's a big plus for uh, on the side of him winning. But Seth Rollins doesn't necessarily ever win cleanly. So I see a, I see a disqualification of some sort of, for Sting winning, which, you know, it does whatever. But I don't think Sting is completely against working TV. I just think they do what they want him to do. Right. Because, I mean, yeah. think about it. He was, I believe he was in New York. He went back to Texas, and then they flew him back to New York. He was in Chicago. He was at a, the Comic-Con in Chicago, and then he went oh, back. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think it's all about the creative not necessarily knowing what they want to do. But I think he's completely open to doing, you know, as much as he can. But, uh as far as still building this match, I mean, hey, why not? I mean, Seth Rollins' opponents never made sense as of the last couple <laughs> of months anyway. That's true. Yeah, I, I mean, it it kind of is a throwback storyline-wise story a little bit because of the whole Survivor Series angle last mm-hmm. year where Sting interfered and cost the authority their power for about, I don't know, 20 days, give or take, whatever that was. Um, so I... I I kind of figured we'd see these two. I think it would have made more sense to have them wrestle at Mania this year. The Triple H thing was just kind of weird, whereas Seth Rollins actually had reason to get some revenge on him. Mm-hmm. And you and you could have put Sting over at Mania. Like That was also lame to me that Sting yeah. jobbed at his first WrestleMania. And, you know, you say he didn't come back to go 0-2. Like, I don't think they're taking the strap off Rollins. I, think, I don't think so either. I think Sting's doing the J-O-B eating the one two three here us may you know stranger like things that. have happened it would be really interesting if they put sting over and then Seamus cashed in on sting <laughs> that would be funny but i agree i don't think uh they're taking the belt off rollins um at least anytime in the immediate future um i don't think they should either and it seems to me that sting has kind of adopted the idea of coming in and I think I think Sting is just happy to be in WWE and you know doing what probably should have been done many years earlier. Yes. Um, and I mean, this is great for Rollins. I mean, he's only going to get elevated by having a chance to feud with Sting. So yep. Yep. Uh, I I'm I'm okay with this feud. So are we missing anything big from Raw? Oh, the Dudley Boys, I marked out. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. Again, once again, with New Day, just that whole sequence from start to finish was like a classic. Like, I will watch that sequence all over again on Raw of how it was set up by the New Day, how they entrance, and how they entertain the fans. 
in their match, how they went over. And after that, how they went and, and the Dudley boys came back. Oh, that was just classic, classic, classic WWE right there. And it's such a I, shot I just, in the arm to the division, too. Like, it's great. I love it. Go ahead, Two Chambers. That's all I wanted to say. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> where is the creative lunch break schedule. Because it's just like, you could tell they was at work there. But any other time, they're just out eating Subway. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Like, it was brilliant. <laughs> no complaints about it at all. And I even thought the fact of them going up to the primetime players and saying, do you know who we are? Yeah. I yeah. That was great. You know? Yep. That was tight. But, yeah, uh, poor. Uh, oh, I, oh, there's definitely something else we have to talk about. Okay. Poor. Uh, oh, his name is slipping out of my head. The third member of New Day. Uh, 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 oh, Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods. Yeah, poor Xavier Woods happened to take the spot like that. Yep. He did a great job. But on the other note, Xavier Woods has slowly started to become one of my favorite superstars, or in and out of the ring, and especially, oh, yeah. especially on Twitter. Yes. I, yes. I, have you guys been seeing this little feud going on with the Mr. Irrelevant himself, Virgil? Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, I'm, oh man. Look, look. Vir- go, go look at Virgil's tweets. <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps calling Xavier Woods his son. And Xavier <laughs> Woods keeps saying, like, he's he's not his son. And the stuff he says back is hilarious. And, and the Virgil's just not letting up. But it's just like, dog, just stop. Just stop, please. Like... Yeah. Oh my god! Your oh image boy. is done. Like you're irrelevant. Lonely Virgil. <laughs> did, did y'all read it? Xavier Woods is a uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> Somebody changed his Wikipedia, and in the first paragraph at the bottom, it basically talks about how Xavier Woods died from being put through a table by the Dudley Boys. <laughs> so yeah, it's good stuff there. I love Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that feud, and I honestly, I really hope the primetime players are not involved too much because I think the Dudleys and the New Day, just by themselves, that can be months of like entertainment yes. and good oh, matches. Man. Yeah. Oh, can you I'm, imagine a ladder match with those two, or maybe those yeah. three teams back a ladder match for the titles? Well, oh, you know what? And that just brings up another point. Darren Young is—he's legit. I love he Darren Young. Taking some bumps out of yes, the world. Or the SummerSlam. I was just like, good lord. Like, I, I, I'm sure everybody remembers he was just injured. And this is like, there was just no safeguard for his body that whole mm-hmm. match. Yep. You know what? It's, it's going to be really cool to see just how the tag team ebbs and flows going into Mania. Because you've got, obviously, the three teams we just talked about. And then you got your jobber tag teams that were on SummerSlam. You got Enzo and Cass being rumored to come up to the main roster. As well as the Usos, uh, the one that's hurt should be coming back pretty soon from what I see. Uh-huh. It's going to be it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, I think we know who our number one um, heel tag team is, no doubt. A lot of big babyface tag teams. you got to see if Enzo and Cass can get over with the Usos coming back. They're always popular. And then the Dudleys just killed it last night in Brooklyn. Um, oh, tag team, man. Tag team division's pretty tight right now. I like it. I'd love it too, man. It's great to see. I'm excited to see the Dudleys in uh in Dallas now, man. Oh yeah, for sure. We got to see the New Age Outlaws last time we were at Mania in New Orleans. We're... It, granted, in a uh, slow roll, but it was great to see him. And even uh, Billy Gunn got hurt that day. He did from the uh, the power bomb. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, anything else that we're missing from Raw? 
hit everything. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll just wrap up real quick with Tough Enough. We saw tonight four matches live, which, like, regardless of what you think about the four finalists, like, kudos for them for, you know, going through a match on live TV. That is not easy at all. There's nothing edited out. And, you know, obviously it was really botchy, really sloppy, but, like, kudos to them for doing that. Like, that takes a lot of courage. It's not something that I could get in there and do. So much props to them. Much props to Alicia Fox and Cesaro for trying to, I guess, manage what was a very dicey situation in those matches. But um, we saw that Sarah Lee won pretty handily, as well as Josh uh, over ZZ. Uh, We were talking a little bit before the podcast about who we think is going to actually amount to anything. I'll tell you what, if Josh continues to wear his Hanes in the ring, I'm out. That was weird. I like no Hanes. (laughs) Even my wife was all like, oh, that ain't right, man. There's too much going on right there. <laughs> yeah, you got paid, though. Yeah, you got paid. You're right. Mm. Yeah, whoever came up with that attire idea, um, Vince is going to have to have a talk with them because that, <laughs> that just didn't work. Oh, ZZ looked awful. His like, Yeah. And then he got in. I don't know if you heard. I think Byron Saxton was like, he was. he took like, at least 90 seconds out of the entrance where he didn't really do anything. He just walked around and um, stared at people. I, and Byron's like, come on, let's go. <laughs> you, you, you think ZZ looked awful? I just thought that that cape thing was weird because he had to hold it with one arm on top of his head so it didn't fall off as opposed to being able to use his body to emote more. That was my only problem with it. It's unique look, but just I functionally I did not like it. And he needs to wear, he needs a tire like, Big Show or something. He needs to get uh, a Kevin Owens shirt. <laughs> or, or that like, yeah, that that's not gonna work either. And did you, did you all notice that shade um, WWE threw toward ZZ when they showed the before and after picture? <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, um, I think ZZ looked that bad in the ring. I I, I did think his uh, his uh, entrance costume had a little bit of technical malfunction, but I saw what they was aiming for. Um, his age shows. There's nothing he's going to be able to do about that. He's going to mm-hmm. have to mature. He's going to have to, you know, be around older people that's not actually trying to bring him down. Uh, and I think it will eventually will help him. I think the whole aspect, if if this challenge meant anything at all, is to see somebody actually mature to become tough enough and not just act like it was too good over, overall, you know? So... I think from beginning to the end, he definitely has taken more than anybody else, probably besides Sarah Lee, on what it takes to be in the industry. And I think he's going to work better in his work ethics. He's probably just going to change his eating patterns. He's going to—I feel like him losing might have been the best thing for him because he realized, like, hey, I didn't just jive my way through the whole competition to win. He's just like, I had a lot of people support me and I let them down. Yeah, mm-hmm, you know. And I need to, you know, I need to recoup. I need to put those last two minutes that I wasn't willing to do at first. His match but. wasn't like hit between him and Josh. I thought the matches were about equal. Like I didn't yeah. think Josh did anything terribly great. I think it's just they sandbags easy. Like like you said on that picture and just the way the judges have talked for the last however many weeks. Like it was obvious they wanted Josh to win. Yeah. Um, as far as the girl stuff goes. Did you guys see Amanda land on her head? And then they tried to like black out the TV so people wouldn't see it, but it was like two seconds late. Yeah, that's bad. That's, uh, she was super sloppy. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, Alicia Fox 
was kind of sloppy too. I was going to say, I feel like they could have picked picked someone better than Alicia Fox yeah. to do this match because she's not always very clean in the ring either. Yeah, and I and I could, and I could be honest, and Paige wouldn't be that person either. If I had to pick anybody that technically could have did it, and I'm not going to pick anybody in the Divas Revolution, sort of say. But if I had to pick anybody that was already on the main roster for a while, it, my my pick would be Brie Bella, easily. I would have yeah, picked. She can go. She I would have picked Natty. Oh yeah! Put those kids in the uh, in the sharpshooter, brother. Hold on, but speaking of Natty, and I even tweeted her on this because she made it something about the Divas Revolution. I know I'm going back to that, and she said she's just so happy for these ladies. I actually tweeted back to her. I was like, I wish you were wrestling on there because out of anybody in WWE, don't she deserve a chance to at least contend for some type of title? I mean, she works so hard and and outside the ring for the company, and I don't think they get, do good justice by her on that. I think they're teasing something though, because uh, didn't she, or maybe this was earlier, but like at some point she tweeted that she's watching very closely, um, and so I, I don't know if that's a tease at the fact that oh, yeah, she probably is happy for these women, but um, she's she's not going to be gone long. Yeah, um, I think there could be a place for her, but my yeah. thing is she's never going to get as over as these younger people, and I don't mean for it to be an age thing because it's not, but. You've clearly got your established people that moving forward, and Sasha's at the forefront of that. I'm sorry, yeah. that's just what it is. Is it is this me or is like is this, is is certain people's contracts written to be paired with people? Sort of say how like Jay and Jimmy are a tag team, so one gets hurt, so they get both written off. Where so is has uh, Tyson King gets injured, so now the tie is off. Is it, is it something that is written like that? You think in their contracts? I don't know. I don't know if it's contractual. I just think it's a point where a creative has a hard time adjusting on the fly, putting one character in a completely new situation. But then again, they've done a pretty darn good job with Cesaro after Tyson Kidd got hurt. Yeah, I mean, some this, people that this, works. No, there's nothing you have to do with Cesaro. He should have never <laughs> been in a tag team in the first place. And then he ended up in one. We're just like... Whoa, Tyson Kidd stepped up. Like, yeah. always been top tier. It was a nice shot in the arm to his character after they didn't do anything with him for a while, though. I think it gave him more personality. I like how he filtered some of the look of that tag team into his current look as far as what he wears. Yeah. I think he looks – and I love when he wears the suit and the sunglasses. He just looks so cool. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel like – I feel like he lost his headphone uh, deal too with Tyson Kidd. That is the headphones. Great, did he? he? Yeah, he did. He did, or Monday or Sunday. I think it was maybe Sunday for SummerSlam. But he did have more. But he had his hood on, and as soon as he took his hood off, he just took his uh, headphones off. Oh, right on. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think just talking about the show, tough enough, real quick. I I know we all had our gripes with it. I know we stopped podcasting about it after like the midpoint of the season i think what they were doing with the show moving from like maybe the last three episodes where it was very wrestling based very performance based uh, i really found myself enjoying it tonight although the matches were a bit cringeworthy like it was very captivating television to an extent and i hope that if you know the usa green lights another season that we can see more of a wrestling centered product and not you know, swimming through the bayou with snakes and gators and, you know, going through like a fire hose challenge and stuff that, like, some of that stuff's okay once in a while, like a fitness challenge, I can get into that, I guess, but I I liked where they headed with the show the last couple weeks. I, I think we could have some better judges. I, 
I don't think Daniel Bryan wants to be there. I, he doesn't seem like he has fun. He, he works like I, Whereas Miz and Paige are pretty good. You know what? I totally disagree. Totally disagree. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but Daniel Bryan is the only one that's been taking notes the whole season. Actually, because he was paying attention and wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. Because Paige was clearly just trying to brand who she is this whole series. That's why I kept saying, like, Paige acts one way or here, another way on Total Divas, another way on TV. I'm like, I don't even know who this girl is no more. <laughs> you might have a point. Yeah, you're not trend. wrong. You're not wrong. But yeah, I think, uh, I'm sorry, two chains, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and I think Hulk Hogan was a good compliment. I mean, the three of them, the original three, I thought they was a good a good uh, trio. Uh, it sucks what happened to Hulk Hogan, but yeah. like I said, yeah. once the biz, once the biz came, like Paige was just in joke time the whole the whole rest of the series. <laughs> yeah, racism will will botch things up a little bit, won't it? Um, <laughs> I uh, if they do move forward, I, I I agree with you. I like the idea of having a proven star veteran um, with charisma. I I don't know if Bret Hart would have been the guy like they had rumored, nor do I think Ric Flair would be a good choice. Um, I guess I don't know. Who would you guys put if you had to pick a veteran to be a judge next season? Are we talking Hall of Fame veteran or just long time? Whatever. I, I honestly think Stone Cold. Ooh, I'd rather I'd Stone Cold be the host, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I didn't uh, mind Jericho being the host, but no. Yeah. Jericho coming down to be a judge would work for me. Um, I like Jericho when he was training him, when he was in the ring with them. I thought that was cool. That was cool. But if I had to pick somebody out of the blue, uh, man, what what would have been the late great Roddy Piper for sure? Yeah, you're right. Uh, ooh, maybe Goldust. Goldust would be a good trainer too. He would. And uh. What is Fit Finley doing uh, nowadays? I think he's still an agent. I think they rehired him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I, I like him as a trainer as well. I mean, obviously, if William Regal wasn't so connected with NST, he would definitely be one of my picks as a trainer. Again. Yeah, he's a he's a big talent scout. He's all over the place at shows yeah. looking for talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tough, man. Some of the guys I'm thinking of are just like kind of too old. Yeah. Which makes me feel old. <laughs> they should just bring Goldberg in and have him yell at people. That would be funny. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I guess to kind of wrap up the the epic four day of wrestling, I'm definitely taking a wrestling cleanse after I watch Total Divas tonight. Just letting everybody know. Um, any final thoughts, impressions about the last four days of wrestling? Uh, it was a great weekend for WWE. I mean, I think they spotlighted Brooklyn as a great city to be a venue. And they might, I, I don't know if they ever do this, but because, you know, with Mania, they're trying to use the big stadiums and everything for their crowds. But if they ever did a Mania back inside like an NBA-type arena, I think Brooklyn would be a great place to do a Mania just for, uh, for a whole weekend atmosphere. So I just thought it was great for the city. For sure. Uh, Dr. M? Uh, I would echo Sellis. I thought... Uh, Overall, it was a good weekend for WWE. Um, some some good and some questionable things, but I mean that's that's the norm, and that's with almost any wrestling promotion. So I'm not going to sweat that too much. Sure. Um, overall, I thought WWE had more positive than negative. Cool. Uh, two chains. 
Oh, we might have lost two teams again here. Um, I'll throw my two cents in real quick. I I echo what you guys said. I thought Brooklyn was a great host. I thought the crowds were great. Um, besides our three of SummerSlam, I was very thoroughly entertained with uh, you know what the product the whole weekend. Uh, um, all right. Oh, he's back so, now. Go ahead, man. What'd you think of the weekend overall? So somehow YouTube just stopped playing on. Oh. My phone. Well, you know whatever. But I think my two. <laughs> My two biggest uh, takeaways is one, um, NST being able to uh, sell out, which is obvious that they could do. But for them, for the stars to be able to whelm that that big crowd is phenomenal. And the other thing is that they was able to dig any bit talk or suggestions of ROH at all this week. Yeah. So, as a business, I thought they did a good job of making sure that they know that was the dominant force. Did you guys know that uh, Okada and Nakamura and Kushida were backstage at SummerSlam since they were in town? That, yeah. That's I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, especially Okada, out of the three, those guys are inked in New Japan. But, oh boy, that, that would be fun. Uh, I'm sure the New Japan marks probably would not want that to happen. But um, just just a note I wanted to throw out there. But just kind of piggybacking off what you guys said, I thought Brooklyn was a great host. Um I actually, I don't think I told you guys this yet, during hour three of SummerSlam, when I was bored, we booked our flight to New York City. We're going to visit over the Thanksgiving holiday for a couple days. Nice, nice. I will be going to Brooklyn for probably half a day while I'm there, so I will uh, finally get to visit Brooklyn. We, I only got to go on the bridge on a tour bus when I was in New York the last time, so looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I I was more entertained than not. I, I thought they had a great weekend. I I thought it was interesting. Uh, I don't know how much you guys watched of the ESPN coverage that they did. My wife and I watched part of the uh, Sports Center stuff they did the hour leading up to the pay per view. Since there wasn't a pre show match, we kind of watched that more. They had Flair do an interview with the coach, and they had Big Show. And I don't know what they did after SummerSlam, but the coach was pushing for, you know, how like they had guys in Vegas for the Pacquiao Mayweather fight for the whole week covering on site. The coach was pushing for them to do that for ESPN for Mania in Dallas, so there could be a big ESPN presence there. That would be interesting for um, a quote unquote fake sport to be covered like that by a legit sports coverage. Um, you know why not? I think it's cool. Um, definitely a lot of interesting things moving forward. Some good, some questionable, but as always, we'll be here to break it down every week on the Big Gold Belt Podcast. I think we're all going to go take a. Um, Take a vacation from wrestling for a little bit. <laughs> take a take a cleanse, if you will. Um, but we'll be back with you guys soon. You know, let us know what you thought about what we had to say. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys on our social media. But until next time, for the crew, this is Aaron with Two Chains, Doctor Evan Sellis, and D Wayne in Spirit. We'll catch him again soon, obviously. But until the next episode, you guys have yourselves a great week.
review, and subscribe on iTunes.